Amen, amen. What a wonderful presence of the Lord in this house. Some great things going on around the lighthouse, amen. Thankful for the ministry of the Harrahs, amen. Those that lead us in music, those that lead us, amen, in our services. Everybody sensitive to the Holy Ghost, amen. Good stuff. Turn with me, if you will, to Acts chapter 1. Beginning with verse 1. I'm going to preach to you tonight, clinging to the promise. Clinging to the promise. I may break, although the birth of Jesus Christ led to all of these things, but I may break away from the Christmas theme for just a few minutes, if that's all right. Amen. But Acts chapter 1, beginning with verse 1, amen, we will read five verses of Scripture. The former, the former treaties have I made, O Theophilus, of all that Jesus began both to do and teach, until the day in which he was taken up. After that he, through the Holy Ghost, had given commandments unto the apostles whom he had chosen, to whom also he showed himself alive, after his passion by many infallible proofs, being seen of them forty days, and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God, and being assembled together with them, commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which, saith he, you have heard of me, for John truly baptized with water, but ye shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days hence. Amen. Let's pray together. Lord Jesus, we love you. We're so thankful for your grace and your mercy, your power, your love. We're glad, God, for your word and your presence that we feel in this house. We want you, God, to continue to talk to hearts and minds and lead and guide us, O oh Lord Jesus, into your truth and into your will, God, tonight as we preach your word. Let our hearts and minds be open and our spirits be ready to receive, God, in the name of Jesus Christ. Everybody said in Jesus' name. Amen. You can be seated. Promises from God, amen, are really what we lean on and count on and we can depend on. Can I get an amen? If it is in the word of God and if God promised us, amen, we can count on it. Can I get an amen? We cling to the promises of God. It's not in my notes, but I, I often think about the mothers and dads, amen, that have children that are not in the church. And they, they have that promise from God. I have seen folks that have prayed for years and decades, amen, just knowing and clinging and depending that God was going to bring their children, amen, into the church. Can I get an amen? All of us lean, amen, and depend on the promises of God. I would take us back, my, probably, I have a, I'm like everyone else, I have a favorite book in the Bible, I've got a favorite set of scriptures, amen, my, my favorite set of scriptures is Romans uh, chapter 8, beginning with verse 35, all the way to the end, that is my, indeed my favorite, I lean on it, that nothing is going to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus, amen. And all the things that are mentioned. That's my favorite set. But one of my favorite characters in the Bible is Joseph. Amen. I love Joseph. I love the story of Joseph. I don't feel like I'm Joseph in any way. I don't feel like I've been through the things that he has been 
through. Because, you know, sometimes we relate to characters in the Bible. You know, some folks may think that they, they are Job, amen, after the things that they have been through, amen. But I just love the determination of Joseph, the things that he clings to. And we can read, amen, and we will find that there was a promise that was given to the fathers, a man of Joseph, which was Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. There was a promise that God had made, and pastor has been, man, on Wednesday nights just, just blowing our minds with Hebrews. Can I get an amen to that? Some of the things that we have been hearing, and he talks about the old covenant, the old testament, the old contract, pastor, and that the new one, a man under Jesus Christ, is better than that old one. And I, would, I was not here last Wednesday. We were involved uh, with my daughter's choir, a man at school. But I will recommend again, if you did not hear the Wednesday before that or the Wednesday before that, I recommend that you get uh, on, online and that you listen to those things or watch them, whatever is your preference. Amen. But there were promises that were given in the Bible. And actually it began with Abraham because he was called out from among his family and among the things that were common to him. And we can read about that in Genesis chapter 12, beginning with verse 1. But what's interesting is that that promise that was given in Genesis chapter 12 is reiterated in Acts chapter 7. It's interesting that a promise that was given to Abraham that was handed down to Isaac and to Jacob, and that we'll find out here in just a little bit, that even Joseph mentions and talks about and clings to. That that promise that was given is mentioned in great detail in Acts chapter 7. And in fact, I want to read it, and I, I hope that you would turn, to your, turn in your Bible with me or your device that you have in your hand and turn with me because it's important, amen, that we read it, especially since it is in Acts, amen, the book of Acts. Then said the high priest, Are these things so? And he said, Men and brethren and fathers, hearken. The God of glory appeared under our father Abraham when he was in Mesopotamia, before he dwelt in Sharon, and said unto him, Get thee out of thy country and from, from thy kindred, and come into the land which I shall show thee. Then came he out of the land of the Chaldeans and dwelt in Sharon, and from thence... When his father was dead, he moved him into this land wherein ye now dwell. And he gave him none inheritance in it. No, not so much as to set his foot on. Yet he promised that he would give to him for a possession and to his seed after him when he, was, when he as yet had no child. And God spake on the wise that his seed should sojourn in a strange land and that they should bring them into bondage and treat them evil for 400 years. And the nation to whom they shall be in bondage will I judge, said God. And after that shall they come forth and serve me in this place. And he gave him the covenant of circumcision. And so Abraham begat Isaac and Isaac circumcised him the eighth day. And Isaac begat Jacob and Jacob begat the twelve patriarchs and the patriarchs moved with envy sold Joseph into Egypt but God was with him say God was with him and delivered him out of all his afflictions and gave him favor and wisdom in the sight of Pharaoh king of Egypt and he made him governor over Egypt and all his house now there came a dearth over the land of Egypt and and Canaan 
In great affliction, and our fathers found no sustenance. And when Jacob heard that there was corn in Egypt, he sent out our fathers first. And at the second time, Joseph was made known to his brethren, and Joseph's kindred was made known unto Pharaoh. Then sent Joseph and called his father Jacob to him, and all his kindred, threescore and fifteen souls. So Jacob went down into Egypt and died, and he and our fathers, and were carried over into Sechem, and laid in the sepulcher that Abraham bought for a sum of money of the sons of Emar and the father of Sechem. But when the time of the promise drew nigh, which God had sworn unto Abraham, the people grew and multiplied in Egypt till another king arose, which knew not Joseph. A promise was made to Abraham. A promise that Acts chapter 7 tells us was made to him concerning his children and his seed that would multiply, amen. That there was a land that was going to be given to Abraham, that God was going to show him, bring him to, amen. That there was that promise that was given to him, amen, even before he had children, amen. How many know that when you receive a promise, many times it's by faith. That there is something that you, uh, amen, have to have within you, which is faith in God, amen, on many of these promises because we do not see the evidence of them. Many times we don't see the possibility of them. And in fact, we don't see the probability of them. And we have to have faith. And Abraham was promised that his seed would multiply and that the land, that he would be given a land and that that would be a great land that he would move into. And he was called out of his family and out of the familiar and out of the comfortable and out of his country, if you will, amen, and away from his kinsmen, and he brought his family with him. By faith he did this, and he clung to the promises of God. And like every Hebrew family would have done, they reiterated and they echoed those promises to their children, and they constantly uh, uh, recited them in their ears and in their listening and in their hearing. They knew, hallelujah, that God had promised Abraham... And that God was faithful and just, amen, and that he would do what he promised that he would do. That there, if, if God had promised Abraham something, they could cling to it. They could rely on it. They could depend on it. And it was passed down to, to Isaac. And then it was rehearsed to Jacob, praise God. And we know, we, we know as a matter of fact, praise God, that even Joseph heard the rehearsal of the promises of God because he said them to his brethren on his deathbed amen he said that God is going to bring you up out of here and when he does don't put my bones in the ground but put them in a coffin and carry me out of here hallelujah we know that Joseph heard the promises of God that they were rehearsed to him like they were to every other child amen before him and every other amen uncle before him and to his father before him amen and on and on praise God he had heard the promises of God and it's a good thing that he did it's a good thing that he clung to that promise that he depended on it that he leaned to it that he listened to it that he believed it that he had faith in it praise God because the day was going to come when trouble would come into Joseph
Joseph's life, amen. And you know the story, and I'm not going to get into detail, amen, of Joseph's life. But I do want to walk through, amen, some of the historical things that took place in his life because it's important to what I want to preach to you tonight, amen. But Joseph, praise God, was preferred by his dad. And I tried to find why in the world that his dad preferred him as much as he did. But Brother Buford, all that I could see was because he was a child of his old age. Amen. And so maybe he just loved him like some of the crazy grandma and grandpas love their kids. Amen. Can I get an amen to that? None of the grandmas and grandpas said anything. But it was Joseph that got the coat of many colors, amen. And you can go through it. In fact, Joseph is first mentioned in Genesis, I believe Genesis chapter 37, amen. And it walks quickly through his life, through the chapters, amen, and the things that take place in his life, both triumph and tragedy, amen. But it was that coat of many colors that was placed on his back. And the Bible tells us in, the, in, in I believe it's in chapter 38 or 39, that whenever he that whenever he would come back from the field and he would tell his dad what was going on with his brothers, the Bible says that they hated him for it. And then the Bible tells us that when his dad made him that coat of many colors and put that on his back, that their hatred increased even still. Amen. And then we find that one day they're out in the field and, Dad, I don't know... uh, you know how parents are. Sometimes they try to set the kids up to make things better. And I just have a feeling that maybe Jacob was sending Joseph out, amen, to try and make things better with his brothers, praise God. That he said, why don't you go check on them? And they're probably hungry and they may be thirsty. Why don't you take them, these things, and go out there where they are? And, and I think maybe in the back of his mind, Brother Buford, he was hoping that maybe things would be right out there among the brothers and maybe a few things would be mended praise God but instead Joseph began to talk about his dreams and Joseph began to say that when we were together and we had our sheaves laying there a mine stood up on on tall praise God and it stood up on its end and all of yours came and paid obeisance to mine and and then they they hated him the more and then the Bible tells us that he began to talk about his um, the sun and the moon and how they bowed down before him and now he's got mom and dad upset with him and they hated him even the more and so now Joseph is headed out into the field where his brothers are and wouldn't you know it they saw him afar off and the Bible tells us that they decided and I can almost see it I can almost see the brothers out there as Joseph is on his way and you know these things that mob mentality things just kind of escalate when somebody gets mad you know one of them said you know when he walks up here I'd like to just tear that coat off of his back and then another one said you know what I'd like to smack his teeth down his throat and another one said you know what we ought to do we ought to just kill him and then one of them took a step back and said whoa whoa wait a minute we don't we don't want to kill him now we don't want his blood on our hands and somebody in all of the rage and the anger and the chaos said why don't we just throw him in a pit let's just teach him a lesson let's tear the coat off of him let's throw him down in a hole and then maybe one day he'll stop telling these stories or telling on us or being a tattletale or being daddy's favorite And I'm ad-libbing a little bit, adding a little, because I just know how humanity is. I know how brothers and sisters can be, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. And so 
They did that, and they threw Joseph in that pit. And I want to tell you this. I'm preaching tonight the five Ps, Brother Buford, and they are the ones, and Brother Buford mentioned, amen, this morning, Brother Farino, praise God. And I'm so thankful for the elders, amen, in my life that have their fingerprints. And I would, I would, I would be terrible to try to mention all of those that have impressed me in my life or molded me or made me or pushed me along, but Brother Farino is one of those. And he took me one night, Brother Buford, after the leadership meetings, and he said, Walk with me to the car. And so I did. And you know when, when Brother Farino does that, he's got something he wants to talk about. And I don't think there's ever a time he doesn't want to talk about something. But he wanted to talk about something. He said, and it was something that Brother Buford had said had triggered something in Brother Farino. And he said, I'm going to tell you something, and then I want you to go make something of it. He said, there were five Ps of Joseph. And the first one was the pit. Joseph was in that pit. Can I ask you today... What you thought that pit was about and what it felt like to be down in that hole, amen. Can you imagine being a young man, preferred of your dad, having only done what you felt was right and your brothers resented you for it. Being thrown down in that pit, alone and cold. And the Bible says at least that there wasn't any water in the bottom of that pit, amen. But there he was by himself. The ultimate sense and feeling of betrayal. The ultimate sense and feeling of hatred, amen, and resentment, praise God. And Joseph lay in that pit, amen, and he, they begin to pull him out because now one of them's got an idea after they've sat around the fire and they've got their bellies full and Maybe they feel a little bit bad about what they've done, but they know better than to take that boy back home to their dad, amen. So they decide they're going to dip his coat in blood and tell daddy that an evil beast has taken him. And they drag him up out of that pit and they sell him to, to some Ishmaelites, amen, that are passing by. And he, they sell him to, to them, amen, and they take him, praise God, to town and he is sold to one named Potiphar, the second P. Potiphar's house. Joseph is in Potiphar's house. And the Bible tells us, amen, that in Potiphar's house, everything that he did flourished, that everything that he did was blessed. And in fact, the Bible tells us, and Scripture tells us in the book of Genesis, it says literally when he was in Potiphar's house, God was with him. It says that the Lord was with him. It says that Potiphar acknowledged that everything that he did, the Lord blessed. And, and this is Potiphar's words, that everything that Joseph did, the Lord was in it. And everything that he did, the Lord blessed. And everything that he saw Joseph doing, he knew and acknowledged that the Lord was with him. But you know the story one day, Potiphar's wife has got her eye on Joseph, amen. And she's, she's attempting him and she's drawing at him and She's tugging at him, trying to get him to give in to her, amen. And Joseph never does. And finally, one day, she grabs him by his clothing, amen. And he spins out of that robe and runs away, amen. Because he said, I don't want to sin against your husband, and I don't want to sin against God. So he ran out of that place, and she told a lie on him that he had come in there and tried to have his way with her, amen. And so Potiphar had no choice to put him, but to put him in number three. Three, and that was the prison, praise God. So Potiphar sends him to the prison, the king's prison, where all of the king's uh, uh, folks that, that, uh, uh, that commit crimes against the king are put in this prison. And wouldn't you know it, the Bible tells us again that while he was in that prison, the Lord was 
with him. Hallelujah. And everything that he did, amen, was blessed of God. And everything that he did, amen, they saw flourished, praise God. And he took care of the prisoners. And he did what he was supposed to do. And he was moved up into a position of authority, praise the Lord. And all along, praise God, God has been with him. And God is by his side. Stay with me for just a few minutes. But there were those that were staying there, a baker and a wine bearer, amen, that was, that was put into prison and they had dreams, amen, while they were in there. And wouldn't you know it, I'm not going to tell you the details, but Joseph had the interpretation of those dreams. And whenever they came true, he told the wine bearer and the baker that whenever these things come true, I want you to rehearse my name into the presence of the king and tell him about me in this prison. Let him know that I'm here. Two years later, Two years later, Joseph is still in prison and they have forgotten that he is there. Imagine what Joseph is going through. Imagine starting out in the pit. And I think the Bible tells us that around 17 years old, he was thrown in that pit and sold into slavery. Imagine now, hallelujah, he's in this uh, Potiphar's house and he's tempted and he's lied on and he's betrayed and he, all he's done again is do right and all he's done again is do his best and all he's done, amen, is put his best foot forward and yet he finds himself betrayed and lied upon and thrown in prison. In prison, amen, all he does is do what's right and do what's best and put his best foot forward and he is forgotten by those that he helped the most, amen. And now we find him two years later and the king, the pharaoh, has had a dream, amen. And we hear the wine bearer steps up in his humility, if you will, and he's bows his head to the Pharaoh and he says there's one that's in the prison that interpreted my dreams and he heard from God and he was detailed and he was right and he, he told us everything that was going to happen you ought to stop asking the magicians stop asking the sorcerers bring that man, bring the man that represents a man God, hallelujah bring him before you and allow him to interpret your dream because the Pharaoh had, had a dream about seven lean years and seven bountiful years, amen, and I won't get into the details of the dream but he didn't know how a man to interpret the cows and he didn't know how to interpret the corn amen but Joseph knew and Joseph told him and Joseph interpreted hallelujah and in the palace the fourth P amen in the palace praise God is where Joseph was elevated if you will to second in charge at this point he's somewhere between 34 and 37 years old somewhere between 17 and 20 years Joseph has been in a pit he's been in Potiphar's house he's been in prison hallelujah and now he's being moved to the palace he's put, been put in authority he's living the life of luxury he has all of the things that, that you can imagine would come with the lifestyle of being uh, only answering to one person and that in Egypt amen and that being the Pharaoh amen it was Joseph now in the, in the palace praise God and wouldn't you know it, the, the bountiful years pass by, those seven years of plenty, amen, and they slip into the seven years, amen, of lean years where the drought has come, and now Jacob is out in the desert, and Acts chapter 7 recorded it for us, not the Old Testament, but the New Testament, that started talking about the promise, amen, that started mentioning the promise of the Father, but Acts chapter 7, that said, and when they begin to draw nigh to the promise, 
promise. Hallelujah. Man, think about what was going on. Jacob is now in the desert and the drought has hit them big. Hallelujah. But Joseph is sitting in the palace. The fourth P, praise God. He's sitting in the palace and he's got plenty and they've got plenty stocked up and lots of reserves and Jacob hears about it and sins. When Acts chapter 7 tells us, sins the patriarchs. He, they called it our fathers because they were talking about the brothers of Joseph that made the trip and when they sat before Joseph he realized these were the men these were my brothers that threw me in the pit some almost 20 years ago and they threw me in there and they were the cause for me being amen hallelujah sold into slavery and lied on and cheated on and betrayed hallelujah and all of that came flooding back but watch this those feelings did not overcome praise God the promise that Joseph had those feelings did not overcome that feeling that Joseph had inside and we know it because he rehearsed it to them when he said you meant evil praise God but God meant it for good hallelujah I went to the pit I went to Potiphar's house I went to the prison and now I'm in the palace why it's for the purpose of God to deliver you and set you free hallelujah but what brought Joseph through all of that What brought him through all of that tragedy, hallelujah, what brought him through all of that trial, what brought him, hallelujah, uh, after being so down and so hurt and so betrayed and so let down, hallelujah, it was because Joseph clinged to the promise. It was because Joseph heard his daddy rehearsing in his ears, hallelujah, and I feel the Holy Ghost right now. Praise God, I feel like whenever uh, Jonathan and Ashley were up here, the service began to lean in this direction, amen, hallelujah. Hallelujah. But I'll tell you this, it was the promise that he had heard that one day we're going to come out of here. Joseph didn't know that they were going to be in bondage. Joseph Joseph is before Moses. Hallelujah. He didn't know that they were going to be in bondage, but whenever he gave the declaration, amen, and that's the fifth P, Joseph held on to the promise, praise God. Hallelujah. Because when it came time for Joseph to be buried, he said, you can put me in a coffin, but don't put me six feet deep. Don't bury me in this world. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Can I encourage somebody today that you may be living this life. You may feel like you're walking around in a coffin, but can I encourage you here today? Don't allow yourself to be buried in this world. Don't allow yourself to be buried in your problems. Don't allow yourself to be buried in your trials. Don't allow yourself to be buried in your sickness. Don't allow yourself to be buried, hallelujah, in your disease and your letdown and your disappointment and your discouragement. You gotta be like Joseph and cling to the promise. We've got to find ourselves in those times of hurting. We've got to find ourselves in the times of disappointment. And we've got to refuse, amen, to allow them to overcome us. We've got to find ourselves when we're hurting and when we're alone. I know that sometimes, praise God, we've all been in that stage of life, amen. And maybe it's spiritually, maybe it's literal, I don't know. But we've all had times where our life was the pits, amen. We've all had those times where we laid in the bottom, seemingly of the well and all we could do is look up and see that little bitty light up at the top and wonder why am I down here why am I alone why am I in the cold why have I been betrayed why did somebody decide to strip me of what was valuable of me and throw me down here and sometimes it's just in your mind sometimes you're just fighting a mental battle but those struggles are just as real as hallelujah as the the physical ones that we come against hallelujah I'm here to tell you 
you if you're in the bottom of the pit, if you feel alone, if you feel betrayed, if you feel by yourself, if you feel like the promise has been ripped from you, I'm here to tell you, cling to the words of God. Cling to the scriptures, hallelujah. God's gonna bring you out and he's gonna lift you up. Hallelujah. If you find yourself in life and you're in a Potiphar's house, hallelujah, where you thought everything was dandy and everything was going good and, and everything you touched, uh, God just, I mean, it, it almost felt like you could throw seed in the ground and sunflowers would start coming up, hallelujah. And you feel like you were doing everything that you could and everything was being done right and, and you found yourself in a Potiphar situation where temptation has come and it's knocked on your door not once, uh, but it's been there twice and three times and maybe it hallelujah has tried to change the conditions amen in which it will tempt you I'm here to tell you resist that temptation roll out of that robe spin out of that condition get out of that circumstance and run praise God out of that temptation praise God don't allow it to bring you down don't allow it to draw you into sin hallelujah you know why you got a promise that one day it may not be today it may not be tomorrow but one day you're coming out you feel like you're in the prison you feel like you've been locked up unjustly there brother Jonathan mentioned it a little bit where you sit there and your hands your chin is in your hands and you're down and you're depressed and you're sad can you imagine how Joseph felt after the pit and after Potiphar and now he's locked up in prison and all he's ever done is the right thing and all he's ever put forward is his best foot and now he's sitting here locked up behind bars in a prison serving all the other prisoners amen I wonder how many times he looked up on those concrete walls and said I don't deserve to be here I don't know why I'm here I don't know why I'm hurting like I hurt I don't know why I've been left alone I wonder how, much, I wonder how he felt brother Buford even after having interpreted imagine He's, he's probably a decade at this point, or, or I guess he would be even more than that, almost a decade and a half, amen, at this point from having been thrown in that pit, amen, and yet still he's interpreting dreams. He's interpreting dreams. He's been in a pit. He's been stripped of his coat. He's been lied on and thrown in jail and locked up, and he's still got a relationship with God he hasn't allowed bitterness to set in. He hasn't allowed anger to overwhelm him. I know that there must have been days where he felt overwhelmed and he thought, you know what? I remember when God stood my sheaf up and there were others that came and paid obeisance to it. I remember when I was standing there and the sun and the moon came and bowed down. I know God's got a plan. I know God is doing something. I don't know if you've been going through it, church. I don't know if you individual have been going through it for 5, 10, 15, 20 years like Joseph was, but can I tell you, just like Joseph, whether it's been a year or it's been 10 years, can I tell you to hang on? Can I tell you to get a grip on it? Can I tell you to cling to the promise hallelujah the Bible tells us that he's never left us or forsaken us he's never David said I've never seen the righteous forsaken nor their seed begging bread hallelujah those are promises that we can cling to that God's got it under control did I get healed no but God's still in control did I get delivered not as far as I know but God's still in control do I still feel alone sometimes but God is still in control and he's got a plan for my life and a promise amen 
man that he has given me. And he would cling to that promise until Joseph ended up in the palace, a man second in charge only to the Pharaoh himself. We've all been in that part of life too. I've never actually lived in a palace. But spiritually I can say there are times where I felt like I was walking on the clouds, Brother Buford. Where I felt like I had everything under control. God was talking to me. I was sensitive to him. I was obedient to him. I was listening to him. Amen. I've had those times where I felt like I was in the palace and now finally everything paid off. And everything, uh, all the things that I endured, amen, have, has has paid off and and now I'm sitting here and I'm I'm doing well and I'm in charge and I'm the authority and if I ask for something I get it amen and God's just answering prayers amen and touching me and then all of a sudden the past comes rolling and thundering into the courtyard hallelujah and all the pain and all the scars and all the injuries come thundering back amen and they're standing before you and you've got an option amen You've got an option of what you will do and what you can do. I believe with all my heart, if Joseph had had the wrong spirit, if Joseph had had the wrong heart, he could have commanded the guards to come and snatch his brothers up and take them out to the gallows and hang them by the neck, amen, out in the courtyard and pay them back. But instead, he kept clinging to the promise. Instead, he kept saying, I know that I've been done wrong. I know that I've been hurt. I know that I've been damaged. I know that I've been betrayed. But the promise tells me one day I'm coming out and one day God's got a plan and I believe that it was right then that instead of bitterness coming rolling back that instead hallelujah of anger come thundering into the court that day when he saw them there was a spirit inside of him that saw his chief standing and saw his brothers amen wrapped around him that day and they paid obeisance to him and they bowed to him and they were at his mercy and the promise that was screaming inside of him said now I can deliver them now I can bring them out now God is going to have his way we have that promise amen in us we have the promise amen of the father that was mentioned of Jesus Christ himself amen that was told of us praise God and we're in Hebrews right now let me read and I hope pastor I hope I don't read this and say some things and then you destroy me on a Wednesday night. Because <laughs> he's getting way deeper than I'm about to. I don't want to say anything that he just... But Hebrews chapter 11, watch this. And what shall I say? What shall I more say? Beginning with verse 32. For the time would fail me to tell of Gideon and of Barak and of Samson and of Jephthah, of David also and Samuel and of the prophets who through faith subdued kingdoms, wrought righteousness, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions, quenched the violence of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, out of weakness were made strong, waxed valiant in fight, turned to flight the armies of the aliens. Women received their dead raised to life again, and others were tortured, not accepting the deliverance, that they might obtain a better resurrection. And others had trial of cruel mockings and scourgings, yea, moreover of bonds and imprisonment. They were stoned, they were sawn asunder, they were tempted, they were slain with the sword, they wandered about in sheepskins and goatskins, being destitute, afflicted, tormented, 
tormented, of whom the world was not worthy. They wandered in deserts and in mountains and in dens and caves of the earth. And these all, listen to this, having obtained a good report through faith, received not the promise. We have the promise that they did not receive. That payment, Brother Buford, that he taught about, amen, that was once and for all, hallelujah. We talked about the greatest gift, amen, this morning, and giving and receiving and all of that. Yes, the Holy Ghost is the greatest gift. The, the birth of Jesus Christ was the greatest gift that we can receive. But it's the greatest gift that has ever been given. Hallelujah. It fits us all. It's the right size for everybody. It's the right shape, amen. It's the answer, praise God. We have that promise, amen, in us. No matter what you've been through, no matter where you are from or where you are headed or what has happened in your life or what is happening in your life, can I encourage you that of all the things in Hebrews chapter 11, of all the five P's, pit, Potiphar's house, the prison, the palace. Of all of those things that were mentioned in the articles of faith, among the patriarchs of faith in Hebrews chapter 11, one thing was mentioned of Joseph. By faith, Joseph, when he died, made mention of the departing of the children of Israel and gave commandment Concerning his bones. Joseph, after all of the things that took place, Hebrews doesn't say, by faith, he held on in the pit. By faith, he made it out of Potiphar's house. It doesn't say, by faith, in the prison, he interpreted dreams. It doesn't say, by faith, he interpreted the Pharaoh's dream and had seven lean years and seven bountiful years and, and delivered his whole family from the drought. It doesn't say any of those things. It says, rather, by faith, he made mention that they one day would be coming up and out. And he said, concerning my bones. And then we read about it in the, the end of Genesis chapter 50 when he said, Put me in a coffin, but don't bury me in Egypt. When you come up out of here, take me with you. In all of our lives, and I'm including myself, we've had pain, we've had hurt, we've had trial, we've had tragedy, we've had scars, we've had a lot of good times. But we've had some times, amen, that weren't so good. All those things that have hurt us. Do you understand that the promise that we have in us is going to bring us out. And all the pain, and all the betrayal, and all the grieving, and all the loss, and all the heartache, whether you were poor or rich or alone or fat or skinny, all of those things won't matter. What will matter is that you're clinging to the promise.
<laughs> what will matter is when that day comes, you say, I decided a long time ago. I may have to be in this world, but I'm not going to be buried in it. And one glad day, one glad morning, when that sky splits, hallelujah, and he calls my name, I'm coming out of here. I'm going up. I'm clinging to the promise, hallelujah. I'm not going to allow, hallelujah, my life, my Christian life to be defined by the things that have hurt me or disappointed me or let me down or tragically set me back, hallelujah. But my life's going to be defined by when that one day when he calls my name, I'm going to be clinging to the promise. And when he draws, hallelujah, his church out of this world, I'm going with him. Let's stand to our feet. I wonder tonight, hallelujah, if there are those, praise God, that are among us tonight, and, and, and amen, it doesn't matter what walk of life you're from, it doesn't matter where you are, where you've been, hallelujah, where you're going, none of those things matter right now. What I'm wondering tonight, and I know that it's the Christmas season, and we're, we're upbeat, and we're popping, we're, we're, we're popping, and we're going, and we're, we're glad about it, and I am too, but I wonder, I know that there are folks that get down, I know that there are folks that tonight would say, you know, it's like Brother Jonathan saying, you know, I'm sitting here and everybody around me is singing these carols and they're happy and they're talking about the gifts under the tree and the lights are shining and everybody's got, but for some reason I feel like I'm laying in this hole and and all I can barely see is the light that's gleaming through. I wonder tonight if there's anybody that maybe you're in an area, amen, where where you had to run, you're, you're running for your life, you're trying to get out of there, you're trying to, amen, get yourself saved, amen, because you don't, your temptation is is coming at you and you keep running and you keep bailing, amen. You keep running. I wonder if there's anybody tonight that feels like you've been doing all that you can, one foot in front of the other, left foot, right foot, but somehow you've ended up and you feel like you're locked up in that cold prison and somebody's forgotten about you and, and, and you, you sit there alone and you keep wondering, I wonder when they're, they're going to rehearse my name in front of the king. I wonder if somebody's praying for me, hallelujah. I remember talking to Brother Jason a few weeks ago and some, some answers had come and for some reason and amen the Lord quickened and, and, and I, this has never happened to me before but some reason brother Jason I called you and for some reason I felt like somebody was praying for me and I know that there were multiple people praying for me but for some reason Jason came to mind amen and I called him and I said man are you praying for me he said brother I pray for you all the time and I had a breakthrough amen I come out of the clouds praise God I come out of that I wonder if there's anybody here tonight that's sitting and staring at these walls and wondering does anybody see me Has anybody remembered me? Is anybody praying for me? I wonder if there's anybody. You're sitting in the palace in the good years. It seems like the good years are starting to fade. The corn's getting low. The the fields have been harvested. Amen. And you've had some good years. And now all of a sudden, the lean years are upon us. And you're wondering where the... Where the food's going to come from? Where the sustenance? Where's my, where's my rescue going to come from? Where's, where's the relief at? Where's the lifting? Where's the strengthening? I wonder if there's anybody here, you're sitting in the palace, a man of life, and those years are upon you. I want to encourage you, that fifth P, that promise has never left you. I have scripture after scripture after scripture that in every moment of Joseph's life, there was a rehearsal that said, and the Lord was with him. How was he with him in the pit? 
Oh no, but he was there. How was he with him in Potiphar's house? How can you say all those things that happened to him and God was with him? All I can tell you, Scripture said, and the Lord was with him. He was in the prison. How can you say he was in the prison and locked up unjustly and forgotten about? And you're telling me the Lord was with him? That's what I'm trying to tell you today. I know you feel like you're sick and your body hurts and you feel like, how can God be in this? The finances are stressed and you wonder, how can God be in this? You feel alone. You wonder, how can God be in this? I'm here to tell you today, we have a promise. He is with us. This entire season is about Emmanuel. God with us. Is there anybody that would like to come? They're going to begin to sing. I wonder if there's anybody that in this season, in this hour, in this day in your life, amen, you'd like to just step forward and say, God, I'm going to reach my hand out to you, and I'm going to believe that you're with me. I'm clinging to your promise tonight, Lord. I'm clinging to your promise. I wonder if there's a sinner in this house, somebody that's never been baptized in Jesus' name, never been filled with his precious Holy Ghost. I'm here to tell you, you need that promise, amen, to bring you out. You need that promise to get you over and above, amen. But saint of God, if you're here, I don't care if you're a 50-year veteran of the Holy Ghost. Amen. God is with you.